Man, what advice would you give to your younger self? I mean, think about it. I bet most of us here today, I bet we have some wisdom today that we probably needed yesterday, right? Like, I've got some things I would say to my younger self. What do you think about? What would you say to your younger self? Well, I've got a couple here. Uh, we had this thing. It was pretty awesome on Facebook. You can still uh, do this as we're in the series and launching it today. Hear me. Ask yourself that question. We had people go on Facebook, post an, an older, or should I say younger picture of themselves, and, and then talk about some, some advice that they would give to themselves. So I want to read just a few here. Um, Dear me quotes, okay? So we'll say dear me together, and then I'll read it, all right? All right, here we go. Ready? Dear me, you are not the only person in the world who feels this way. You're not the only person. You know, sometimes in life, we feel like we're the only one going through something. Whatever the feeling is, this person said, connect with others so you can support each other. That's good advice right there. One, one of the best ways to thrive in life is to get the right they Get the right people in your life and do life together. So if you got the wrong people in your life, go ahead and flush them out and get the right people in your life and then enjoy doing life together. A great way to do that is community groups. We're going to be launching that those here soon, and I'd encourage you to get in a group. It will be the time of your life. Next person says this. Say it with me. Ready? Dear me, you will never stop wearing Superman apparel. But don't worry if you can't always rock that awesome curl. Also, God will allow you to face things so you can be Superman for your girls one day. Isn't that good? That's awesome. All right, next one. Here we go. Ready? Dear me, never take for granted daddy-daughter moments. Cherish them. Stop time if you can. Wow. That's good advice. Man, that's awesome. And then let's do one more here. Say it with me. Ready? Dear me, stay true to the one who created you. He has a plan for your life that you can't begin to imagine. Guard your heart. That's good. That's good advice. Guard your heart and stay pure because you are a daughter of the king. Isn't that good? That's so good. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Love that. And so, you know, just when I thought this picture had been deleted, this picture surfaced again. This is, uh, this is probably not one of my finer moments. I'm going to let y'all take your guess who, who I am. But uh, I don't know who that number four was, man. But he got some short shorts on. I'm number 12. <laughs> I'm lying. I was number four. My wife posted that picture early one morning while I'm in bed and I pick up my phone to read Jesus calling and it's like 600 likes on Facebook. I'm like, what in the world? Yeah, it's me and what looks <laughs> evidently like whitey tidies. And I just got upset looking at that picture. Yeah, I want to, I need to go to therapy, need counseling. Somebody let me out of the house looking like that. I just need to call my mom, my dad, and say, what's up? What's up? I, you know, sometimes you have, as a speaker, you have that, that, uh, that nightmare that you get up and, and, and you don't have your pants on. You're communicating or your zipper's down or you're just in your whitey tidies, you know, in a group picture. But, uh, 
Yeah, that really happened. Okay, y'all can take it off now. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Yeah. See y'all later. I'm just kidding. Um, no, here, here's the deal. Every, every week, man, I'm going to do a throwback picture. But as I look at that picture, boy, it floods memories back to the mind. I was in sixth grade. My son is in fourth grade. He's bigger today than I was in sixth grade. I mean, I didn't want to just graduate. I was hoping to get over 100 pounds, you know. I mean, uh, I, I did rock the tube socks, though. Y'all saw that. I did have the socks on, the, the sweatband. That's right. That's right. We were cool before cool was around or something. But I used to tell people, man, I was so skinny. I was like, man, I'd have to tease the hair on my legs just to make sure the socks stayed up. <laughs> I had some skinny toothpick legs. But when I look at that picture, man, it takes me way back. And all these memories come flooding in. And I think, man, if I could go back, and if I could speak to Tim Payne in the sixth grade, I got a few things I'd tell him. Number one, I'd say, put some longer shorts on. <laughs> one day, you're going to be really embarrassed in front of a whole lot of people. But uh, I, I've got some things that I would say to Tim Payne. I bet you're the same way. You know, the truth is, none of us are perfect, are we? At Momentum, we constantly say, it's, it's the phrase that pays, we say there's no perfect people allowed. Man, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. And, and only was one that was perfect. And uh, he got the 100 because he knew we wouldn't. And so I'm, I'm just in on his grade. How about you? So I'm so thankful for that. I want to talk today about Mary. And Mary was the mother of Jesus. You know, the scripture, if you read the Bible, the Bible is really interesting. We can learn a lot from the Bible. The Bible tells us a lot about Mary. The Bible tells us that she was chosen by God to give birth, to give a supernatural birth to Jesus. Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus, the promised one. Her being a Jewish girl, really peasant Jewish girl, she knew that one day a woman would be chosen. She just didn't expect it to be her. I mean, things like this don't happen to people like us. And yet God chose her. God chose Mary supernaturally, miraculously, by the power of the Holy Spirit to have a baby placed inside her that would one day pay for the sin of the world. She was a virgin. Isaiah 7.14 tells us. In fact, if you read in the Old Testament, there's several places where Scripture foretold what would happen, like who would be his mother and where he would be born. And it told about stars and it told about the location and, and shepherds and on and on and on so much. And we call that prophecy. And so now here Mary is and Gabriel appears to her. And Gabriel says, you are the chosen one of God. Now fast forward. 33 years. It's like a movie. So I'll give you a little scene. Now we're going to the end. And here's the end. And, and here's the story. The story is that Jesus had been crucified. Jesus, just a few days previously, people were like, he's awesome. They were cheering him on. And a few days later, they were cheering him to be crucified. And now Jesus on that cross in front of his mother. Can you go with me there just for a minute? Imagine Mary. Imagine Mary being at that cross. And she's at the cross. And she's watching her firstborn son. Scripture tells us that Mary had daughters and Mary had brothers. 
Dr. Luke recorded it in his gospel. So Jesus, Jesus was the firstborn of other, so he had other siblings. And now Mary is at the cross and she's looking at her firstborn son, Jesus, the one that made her a mom. Can you imagine that, moms? Evidently, Joseph wasn't alive. I mean, we don't see much of Joseph later in life. Evidently, he died. And, and here's Mary. And Mary has a few friends. Jesus had healed thousands. But it's just a few people at the cross that day. And Mary is looking up at her son. And as she's looking at him, she can't believe what they're doing to her baby boy. Right, mamas? It doesn't matter how old they are. They're still your baby boy, aren't they? And that day... Man murdered their maker. And Mary stood. She didn't have a front row seat. She was standing right there, hearing him breathe. He was suffocating. Hearing it, hearing every <laughs> try to gasp. And Mary is right there. And Mary, Mary is suffering because her baby boy Jesus is suffering. And then you know what happened three days later. I mean, it's Easter right now. I mean, you know, it's uh, that morning they run. And, and Mary Magdalene, she was the one that, that Jesus cast out seven demons. I know some of you are like, I wish he cast them out of me. <laughs> or maybe the, the person, you know, I live with. <laughs> Please, Jesus. He cast out seven demons. You know what's interesting? Mary's the one that took her perfume that was very expensive. See, some people like to talk the talk of what they're doing for God, and some people don't need to talk because they got the walk. And she just brought her perfume humble. She didn't announce why she was here and what she was going to do for God. She just did it humbly, no pride. And she gave all that perfume. And Jesus said, she's preparing my body for burial. And she's the first person in the tomb. Why? Because she was forgiven much. So she loved him much. You know, those of us that are here that have a story like mine, maybe a story like yours, we've been forgiven much. That's why we can't help but sing. That's why we can't help but raise our hand and worship him and say, God, yes, that is true. Like, God, that's why we can't help but, but say prayers like, God, may what matters to me the most, be what you and you alone think of me because Jesus did so much for us. And now Jesus, they're all talking about Jesus being resurrected and, and Peter and John had ran down to the tomb. John beat Peter. He got in there. Look, there were just a close. Then you had Mary who said, I, I saw him. He appeared to me. You had the two guys walking on the Emmaus road and then all of a sudden there's a guy there and they're talking to him and, and he would have gone on but then they ask him to stay and they sit down. They sit down to eat and then he Breaks the bread and he prays. He breaks it and he blesses. Most of the time, we want Jesus to bless us, but he normally has to break something before he blesses it. And so he broke and blessed, and then they're like, oh, it's Jesus. And then he was gone. This was like pre-Star Trek. He was gone. And now, all of a sudden, here's the picture of the story. Luke 24, we'll read the verses in just a minute. They're in a room, and they're wrestling with if or is Jesus alive or is he not alive? And people say, I saw him with my own eyes. And they're like, yeah, that ain't working for me, Pete. I'm sorry. I ain't believing. They're like, I'm not believing until I'm doing some seeing. Because for me, maybe it's for you. Maybe we're a lot alike. Maybe you have to see to believe. Mary was a little bit different. 
Now, all of a sudden, in that room, there are the 11 disciples and other Jesus followers. And they're wrestling with if Jesus is really alive. And all of a sudden, there's Jesus. He's like, what's up, guys? And they're like, that's Jesus. And some people say, no, that's not Jesus. That's a ghost. The Bible tells us in Luke 24 that they were scared to death. You ever been afraid? You ever been afraid? You ever had something like get that heart racing? That was this moment. And some said it's a ghost. And then Jesus says, I'm not a ghost. I got a body. Ghosts don't have a body. Evidently, they believed in ghosts back then, too. And he says, I love, come, come touch me. Jesus went the extra mile. In a couple verses later, he even asked for something to eat. He's like, man, y'all got, any, y'all got any food in this crib? Like, I'm hungry. You got anything here? And they're like, man, we got some broiled fish, man. Like, John's a good cook. Bring that out. Uh-huh. Let's bring that out. All right? And Jesus begins to eat it, going the extra mile to help them believe. That's what he's about. Jesus wants to do the same today for your life. Jesus is all about not just going the mile, but going the extra mile so that you and I can really believe. Isn't that good? That's good. His own brother, James, who would later be a leader in the Christian church and have a book of the Bible named after him, James didn't believe in Jesus. Like he believed in like Jesus, yeah, you're like you're Jesus a guy. He didn't believe like you're Jesus God until after the resurrection. Jesus went the extra mile to appear to him so that he could see for himself. Here's the setting. They're arguing Jesus appears. Let's look at it. Luke 24. Going to read some verses, verses 54, or excuse me, 44 through 53. If you have your smartphones, man, go there with me real quick. Your tablets, your Bibles, turn to it. Luke 24, the last chapter in the Gospel of Luke. Luke is a doctor. Luke is all about the details. He has to be. He's a doctor. Thank God for doctors who are into details, right? <laughs> I don't want the doctors like, oh, what's going on today? I'm like, get me out of here. Like, I can't find my glasses. That's normally a sign. We're moving on. Luke 24, 44, here's what the scripture says, reading from the New Living Translation. Then he, this is Jesus, then he said, I was with you before. I told you everything written about me in the law of Moses, in the prophets, in the Psalms, must, somebody say must, must be filled. In other words, hundreds and thousands of years for Jesus born, where the Bible said he would be born, by who the Bible said he would be born by, scripture told us what it would look like. That's how, you remember, that's how the wise men found him. Because they had prophecy. They had the Old Testament. It said that a star. So they followed the star from the east. And look what happened. Just like the scripture said. And Jesus said it had to be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand scriptures. You know what my prayer is today? My prayer is that the Spirit of God will open your minds so that you can understand the scriptures. So, so many... So many people get hung up in their religion. I'm this or I'm that. I'm this title or I'm that title. I'm this denomination. And they would die on the hill for the denomination. And they haven't even read the Bible. They're not even sure if it lines up. And, and, and no, no judgment here, but I'm just saying, man, there's some great things in here. Man, when we read, it's like, wow. It makes it a little easier to believe. Jesus says that to him. By the way, the Bible told you guys. That's what he's saying. It was also written that this message what message? That he would die, be buried, and rose again. That this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. And here's a couple of things about that verse. The authority. Acts 4.12 says this. That there's no other name under heaven. 
given to us, men and women, whereby we must, there's that word must again, we must be saved. See, in order to get to heaven, you've got to have the Jesus ticket. And you don't get the Jesus ticket by being good. Jesus didn't die on the cross, so the church would double Easter Sunday. Amen. Jesus didn't die on the cross for us to be good. Did you know that for real? Jesus didn't die on the cross for us to show up Easter Sunday, check the box, and be like, I did it. I got one more this year. You know, Jesus didn't die on the cross for that. Jesus died on the cross because we're dead without him. Because sin took life from us. And so Jesus is life. So what does life do? Life lays down his life so that dead people can be raised back to life. That's what life does. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin so you and I could be forgiven. Isn't that awesome? We didn't need a judge. We got enough guilt. Don't you have enough guilt? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, I love that word whoever, that includes me. That includes you. That whoever believes in him. Now it's not like believe like I believe in Jesus. Satan believes and trembles. But it's, it's a belief that means that you've repented of your sins. It's not just to acknowledge Jesus because Satan acknowledged Jesus. He's just never repented of his sin. So to get to heaven, you acknowledge that Jesus is who he says he is. He's God. That means I'm not. And then we turn from doing things our way to turn into God. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It just means we let him in the driver's seat. We turn to him. And we come to him just as we are. We don't get cleaned up to come to him. We come just as we are. And he takes us just as we are. This is the gospel. But John 3.17 says this. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. Do you know that God sent his son, Jesus, not to condemn you, but that you could have life because he saw you struggling? Some of you are going to laugh, but earlier this morning, 830, didn't get this. Earlier this morning, I went out to the dock and I watched the sun come up. It was testifying that the sun came up. And I was out there watching. It was beautiful. And as I'm walking back, I'm listening to some music. I'm going back to get dressed. And I see this worm. And this worm is on a sidewalk with a lot of pebbles. And this worm, man, was struggling. And it was a big worm. I mean, it probably, honest to God, probably about eight inches. And this worm was trying. He was like, dude, we are not. He's like, Toto, you know, you know, we're not anymore. He was searching. And I saw this big sidewalk in this huge chasm, this road. And then I saw this area where he probably would thrive in, but he couldn't get there by himself. So you know what I did? I reached down, and I picked up that worm with a stick. And he fell off into my hand. He was doing the wiggle. And I carried that worm over, and I got some dirt, and I put it in the dirt, and I covered it up. And I started walking. I didn't tell you that, so you think I'm a stellar guy. And, you know, it was a worm. But I got thinking, isn't that exactly what Jesus did? Jesus looked down at someone who was so hopeless, so helpless, just for laying around in my sin looking for life and all I'd known was dirt and Jesus picked me up and he carried me to a place I couldn't go myself so that I could experience life and more life I know that's a good thought Lord thank you Jesus 
Jesus is telling everyone this. He says, he says this. It was, let's go to verse 48. You are witnesses of these things. Oh, I forgot the last of the verse. Verse 47. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Can you hear this message today? There's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You may be here today. You've tried the religion thing. You've tried that religion, this religion. You've done this. You've done that. You've said all this. You've gone there. You've done it, and you feel so far from God. Can I tell you something? God is right there. He is closer than you think. He loves you. He died for you. He took the sin of the world on him. So that you and I could have life. And all we have to do is look and live. Jesus says, you are witnesses of these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Do you know that there will be many people one day in heaven who say, Lord, Lord, man, we did all these things. And Jesus says, I never knew you. They said, but God, I went to church Easter Sunday. I even went on Christmas Eve. Man, I went and had my child dedicated. I went and did this or did that. And Jesus said, I never, ever knew you. You see, there's something about turning to Jesus, repenting of our sins, and having a relationship with him. You don't have to go through some man to get to God. God sent the God man, Jesus, so we could go through Jesus to get to him. Then Jesus led them to Bethany. Praise God for that. I'm thankful he didn't lead from the rear. He led them from the front. May we pray for our men and women who lead this country that they will also do the same. That they'll lead from the front, not the rear. I can't imagine being in their shoes. Let's pray for them. While he was blessing them, this is Jesus blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. So they worshipped him. Do you worship Jesus? Do you really worship him? They worshipped him. And then they returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. See, they went back home because they had to go home first. They didn't just want to go on a mission trip and tell people they'd never see again that Jesus lives. They needed and wanted and had the courage to go to people right across the street in their cul-de-sac, right across the cubicle, and tell people right in Jerusalem, right where they lived, that Jesus is alive. He's alive. That's the good news. They're filled with great joy, and they spend all of their time in the temple praising God. Now, now we're talking about Mary. Mary was in that room. Mary saw him. She was on Friday crying, sobbing, snot going everywhere. It was a bad day. And now, son, she sees him fully alive. I bet Mary would have some things to say to her younger self. Maybe you're here today, and you're like, I don't believe in the resurrection. I came because my friend's. And invited me and I want to say you're welcome to be here You don't have to be just like us to be loved by us You don't In fact there are people in this room that you don't believe what i'm saying right now and that's okay I love you and we're glad that you're here Not only if you believe what we believe we're glad that you're here. We love you because god loves you A couple things I noticed from this passage. You might want to write it down. Number one. Jesus is god make no mistake Jesus is god Number two, Jesus is exalted in heaven. He's up, he's exalted. Up in heaven they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. They say there's no one like him. He is the risen one. He is Jesus. 
He was, but he's not a has been. He is. He is everything. He is everything I need him to be. He is my healer. He can be your healer. He is. He is greater than the things you struggle with. He is greater and the the solve to your problem or your addiction. He is the solution to your anxiety. He is the solution to your sin. He is the solution to your hangups. He is. He not just was. He is. And he will be. He was in my past. He's in my present. Thank God he is my future. That's who Jesus is. And because of that, Jesus is worthy of my worship. Do you know him today? Jesus is the source of my joy. See, if you know Jesus, people ought to say there's something different about you. Scripture says this. Be ready to give everyone an answer of the hope that is within you. Not be ready to give everyone an answer of all the rules of your church, but of the hope that is within you. We believe we've said it in this community for three years. We're saying it in Navarre today. We're saying it online. we got an online campus happening right now where people from Africa and people all over the world are watching. I want to tell you something. Jesus is alive, and he's worthy of our worship, and he, his name is Hope. We believe that, that hope has a name. And his name is Jesus. I want to ask you the question today as we get ready to close. I want to ask you, do you know him? Now, you might say, Tim, I don't believe in the resurrection. I want to give you three reasons why you should. Three reasons why you should believe in the resurrection. I I think Mary would say to us today, here's a couple reasons why you ought to believe. Number one, you ought to believe because of all the fulfilled prophecy. Number two, you ought to believe because of all the eyewitnesses. And their testimonies, like if someone murders and someone saw that, yeah, they murdered. When you bring them into the judicial system and they sit down and testify, I love these terms. And they testify when they're an eyewitness, all of a sudden it gives a little weight, doesn't it? Do you realize that at one moment there were over 500 people that Jesus appeared to at one time and they went around and testified that Jesus not only died for our sins, he rose for our sins and he's alive. And that's why we're still talking about Jesus today. That's why. I mean, Nike's phenomenal, great company. Company Apple's amazing. I wonder if 2,000 years from now, their disciples will still be talking about it. The gospel is still being preached everywhere today. Make no mistake, today all over Europe, today in Australia, today in Africa and in China where people are dying more than they've ever died before for their faith because they're like, we will not deny that Jesus is alive. Do you realize that the gospel is thriving? And there are literally millions of people all over the world today who say, I believe. I've never seen him, but for me, Believing isn't about seeing like it was in Luke 24. For me, seeing is believing. And then number three, you ought to believe in the resurrection because of millions of evidence of people who have had and experienced dramatic life change. I've heard a lot of people say different things. One of my friends is here today. If you knew his story, he would say, I was an atheist and I was suicidal and I was angry. And then I met Jesus. And his whole life is different. But I've never heard someone say, you know, I was, you know, I was a Christian and I got angry at God. And then I just became an atheist and got angry at God and mad at God. Was trying to punish him and take it all out on him. And my life got better. And people just wanted to be around me. 
They thought I was the most positive person in the world. And all of a sudden, I didn't pray for people because I was an atheist. I didn't believe in praying for people. But all of a sudden, people just started getting healed. I wouldn't even pray. Listen, there's testimony. How many are here today? Your life has been radically changed because of the power of Jesus' name. Are you out there today? I'm a story. Are you out there today? Jesus changed my life. I thought about Luke 1. I'm going to go there. And we're going we're gonna to lay in this. But Luke 1. Mary, so she's in that room. They're praising God. They are praising God. Jesus is alive. Man, I think Mary, what would she say to her younger self? I think Mary would say a few things. Number one, I think Mary would tell her younger self that God chooses and uses imperfect people. Isn't that good news? Thank God. Or I wouldn't have a chance. I think Mary would give her younger self this advice. I think she would say, Mary, I know you're troubled and you're nervous and you're afraid and you're worried about what people are going to think about you, but, but forget them. Listen, listen, 13, 12-year-old, 14-year-old Mary, listen, Mary, with God, all things are possible, Mary. They're possible. I think Mary would say to her younger self that she was just probably preteen, early teen, she would look at her younger self, maybe pimples and all, and she would say, Mary, one day, Friday, Friday's going to hurt. It'll be the hardest thing you ever, you ever dared to imagine. You will stand and, and this beautiful baby that you've been entrusted with will be crucified to a cross and they will mock him and they will spit loogies in his face. And they'll put a crown of thorns, six, eight inches, and drive it into his skull. And his bones will pierce his skin. And he won't look like pretty Jesus with a few drops of blood, but rather like a piece of meat hanging on a cross. And as you stand there, younger Mary, and as you look at your, your boy, your firstborn, Friday is going to hurt. But Mary, you're going to hear Jesus, your son, the promised one. The Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ, you will hear him say something crazy like, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And you will hear the glorious words come out of the mouth of your son. And Jesus will say, it is it's finished. And what that will mean, Mary is that the price will be paid once for all in full so that people who were lost because of sin, the undertow of sin pulled them into the current and they lost their way. But when you hear those words, Mary, you will be reminded that Jesus stretched out his arms and he became the bridge to cross the chasm, to cross the great divide so that sinful men could be reunited with a holy God. And Mary, Friday, Friday's going to hurt. But Sunday, Sunday's going to heal everything. I think that's what Mary would tell her younger self. And then I believe Luke 145, her cousin Elizabeth said this, and I want to read this first. She says, you are blessed, Mary. You are chosen, Mary. You are the one, Mary. It's, here's the reason. 
because you believed that what listen that the Lord would do what he said you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said that's called faith without faith it's impossible to please God faith is believing that God is who he says he is and that God will do what he says he will do so the the just walk by faith not by sight three years ago we launched this church at Shoreline Park at a pavilion and I was scared no one was coming I was paying family members trying to get them to drive from Tennessee that day 24 people gave their life to Jesus and we baptized 21 of them immediately they had no they had no plans they were going to get baptized that day but we were ready we had 176 people show up you know 85% of churches in America never break 200 that day and if I could say to my younger self three years ago I would say something like this Tim believe God because with God all things are possible here we are three years later we have three gatherings today all of them going to be packed last one was packed this one's packed next one would be packed and we had launched another campus in Navarre they're going right now hello Navarre 10 and 11 30 and both of those will be packed you know why because we're that good because with God all things are possible yeah and see our team moved here from all over because we believed and today we get to see because we believed I wrote this down I want to read it to you and then we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes I want to make sure I get this word for word I think lastly Mary would say to her younger self that your believing Mary your believing will lead to seeing the unbelievable what if today what if today you quit the religion crap? Wondering, I hope I'm good enough. I hope one day. I mean, is this all we got to hang on to? As we hit our pillows with our heads every night. Is this all we have? That I hope one day my good always my bad. And I don't know. I'm hoping. Mm-mm, don't work that way. Jesus came and gave all. So one day we could receive all he has plans for us all that he had planned for us what if today is your moment what if seeing really isn't believing what if believing is really seeing with heads bowed and eyes closed I want to ask you today do you have a relationship with Jesus I'm not talking about do you take communion I'm not talking about do you go to church I'm not talking about, have you said thousands of prayers in your life? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Romans 10, 9 through 13, where it says, if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Have you ever confessed with your mouth? And have you ever turned to him and repented of your sin? Have you ever allowed Jesus to come in and to make you new 
Some of you think he can't do it for me. I want to tell you something. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. Jesus loves screw ups. He chooses us. That's why I'm on the stage today. I fit the bill. Jesus has been waiting for you your whole life. And he loves you today. He has, a, he has life waiting for you. Jesus didn't die so you'd be good. Jesus died so you would be alive. You need him today. Please, I beg you today with all my heart, please don't continue to play the game. We have insurance for everything, for our pets, our boats, our homes, insurance for our insurance. We got it for everything, don't we? And yet we gamble with eternity. If you drove out of this school today and had an accident, 